You're listening to NFT 365, the first daily podcast on NFTs with your host, Fanzo, talking crypto, blockchain, Web3, non-fungible tokens, metaverse, and what the f*** is a non-fungible token? We'll get to that. It's time for today's episode of NFT 365, the only daily NFT podcast minting an NFT every day for 365 days. Powered by the ADHD coin at rally.io, here's your host and digital futurist, the ADHD superpowered Brian Fenzo. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research. What's up, friends? Welcome back to another episode of the NFT365 podcast. And you know, it's been a lot of fun creating the podcast on a daily basis. And not only creating the podcast, but we're minting an NFT every single day. And then, of course, we're supporting it. And this is super powered by the ADHD coin, which is a you know creator coin um, that I created uh, on Rally.io back in uh, March of this year. We launched kind of like in the April timeframe. And I'm going to tell you... These last, uh, you know, 45, 48 days of, of this since we launched the podcast, we launched that we're buying the Mint every day. We also rolled out our own NFTs with the Mint 365 NFT. And if you want to hear some, uh, some updates on that, stick around to the end of the podcast episode. But uh, we've, you know, when we launched the, the podcast, um, the coin that supports our show was $3.89. Uh, and, and I have to tell you, as of the recording of this show uh, today, we are at $9.53. That is 3x for all of those that jumped in to support the show. But it's also just the power of community. And I'm a big believer in that the rising tide lifts all boats. And part of the beautiful thing that I think of when it comes to decentralization and this idea of Web3 shifting the power and ownership from platforms and entities back into the individuals is that we should be able to, well, empower the community. We should understand the role individuals play. And we have to recognize what things that we can change, what things that we can implement in our our strategies, in the way we even launch or create things in this NFT space so that we can actually take advantage of a Web3 uh, mindset and approach. Like, And this is, you know, this is nothing new, right? I think a lot of the designs right now outside of cryptocurrency, even the implementation of some of the metaverse um, experiences that I've seen lately where you're inside of a metaverse and it's opening a link that is, you know, you know, sitting on an AWS uh, server, you know, part of it is we have to understand that balance. And I will say the the NFT space for sure is not all sunshines and sunshine and rainbows. You know, in the last eight days, I've um, participated in five very large launches of NFTs. Uh, and when I say large launches, like these are very hyped projects. Uh, you know, everybody knows it's hard to get on the white list. Uh, you have to, you know, spend a whole lot of time in a Discord. And who's got time for that? And no, I was I participated in five that I did not have a whitelist for. I did not have a you know no one hooked me up. Um, and I and on one of them I purposely turned down the offer. Um, partially because for me I want to be able to look at solutions and talk about things that are going on in this space from the standpoint of of all of us, right? Not just because I get favors because of, of my following or I have a verified Twitter account or because you know I'm a, a keynote speaker. And so I was O for five. In, in those projects. And we could argue that there was two components 
that were beating me out in, in these projects. Now I had, I'm, you know, I know this, I know how to work this game, right? I had, I understood the contract. I knew I had the mint loaded with enough, you know, gas for my contract. And I lost because of two, two different, uh, you know, scenarios that I'm going to talk about right now that I believe both of them are problems. One of them is that I'm dealing with it right now and it's a lot more work than I expected. And that is understanding the nuances of a smart contract, especially when you're going to mint an NFT, which means you're going to launch an NFT at a certain, a certain time. Now, I will say a lot of these projects have done a lot of testing to try to prevent bots. And then a lot of them have also worked really hard to create whitelists, um, to also limit the amount of NFTs that can be minted at once. So you can't just have some whale buying 10. Now, of course, a way a lot of these big, um, you know, we say whales, but a lot of these are entities that are buying up NFTs is they're getting like a bundle of wallets, locking them with loads of ETH and being able to, you know, um, scoop up massive amounts of, of NFTs at once. And I will tell you the one, one of the contracts in less than 30 seconds, 3000 NFTs were fully minted and it was sold out. And, I think there's two things at play here, right? And I mentioned that contract, right? Understanding like the nuances of a smart contract. But here's the thing that like, I think a lot of these people, these groups are testing and testing and we have developers that are designing directly for smart contracts and, and the different aspects they hear. But we also, once we start adding in all of these different layers, right? We're adding in, you know, more transparency. We're adding in these ideas of tokenomics. We want to make sure that we have IP rights that are, that are outlined in these projects. We want to make sure that we're not allowing the team that works for the project to just mint all of the most rare ones. So we want to make sure that we're randomly uh, you know, generating that art, especially if that's what we're going to do. We're, we're hiding the reveal of the art. And so here's what I think has happened. In the last year, we've pushed... NFT projects to a point where you almost need an army of people to execute it at any type of scale. Now, for many people, they might say that was just kind of like, duh, that, that was what's going to happen. I'm on the space of we need to set some things in place and some like really benchmarks, not really, you know, it, it's not like enforceable rules, but we need to be able to start to share and like really open source some of the things that are working really well. And I, and I, and I think one of the things that bothers me is that when I, we participate in a, in an NFT launch or even an airdrop like this week, the SOS uh, airdrop coin uh, came out from nine by nine and you know, like it was a really smooth airdrop, right? They had a, the website, it was secure. People looked into the contract. Um, it was very, very well done in my opinion and you know very interesting kind of disrupted the whole world of of nfts this week but here's the thing if projects are are creating really dynamic minting experiences and, and launches we need to be able to share that with the community so that we can all learn from that now the downside of this is let's not be naive as soon as we open source and share this, it also gives those that are writing bots, those that are the whales that are you know paying to have all of these um, you know contracts you know being able to be manipulated. And I will tell you, like you know, part of this you know a smart contract is and the utility is really the code underneath of the of the NFT, and that code it, you know the number one vulnerability is human um, interaction and human creation. And I know a lot of these bots, what they're able to do is they're able to mint and move NFTs at a rate where the contracts aren't even able to see that they're maxing out also because you can't trace them. And so I think the whale problem, you know, is a, is a difficult one. Now the bot problem, 
I do believe KYC, which, uh, you know, is know your customer, which means for anyone to actually set up an account, right? For those of you that are on rally.io, um, if you guys want to take your coins to your bank, you have to go through the KYC process. It's very, fairly simple. You take like, you know, you fill out some information, you take a picture of the front and back of your driver's license, uh, you know, depending on where you're from, you have a couple other things that you're doing, and then it just verifies that you are you. Now, I was having this conversation on Twitter today that, what if we were only allowing, you know, wallets that had KYC approved to actually mint um, NFTs? Now, this sounds great, but there are a lot of people that are operating with anonymity and through pseudonyms right now that do not want to do the KYC process, right? Maybe it's because of taxes or their, their background, or maybe they don't want their full-time job to know what they're doing. Well, this is kind of a dilemma. And I will tell you, there's two sides of this, Right. We can think of it from the creator artist side, the one that's designing these launches, right? And, you know, my, my good buddy Gary Henderson said, you know, you know, he tweeted back to me today and he said, an ETH is an ETH, Brian. It doesn't really matter whose ETH it is. And I said, well, that's spoken like a true creator of projects, not someone that wants to, to not only allow a fair shot, right? Like, I don't want to spread the wealth. I want everyone to have a fair shot across the board, right? If you have, uh, you know, the liquidity and you are there at the right time and you have the things, I want everybody to have a fair shot. If I lose because we all click the button at the same time and others beat me to it, so be it. But if, I'm, if I don't even have a chance, no matter what I do, because there are computer programs writing at the millisecond that a contract is launched, that's a whole different thing. And so this does become a problem. And I, I will say, like, I'm from the camp that if you are operating from a pseudonym or through anonymity where you don't have your name on your accounts, you have to also take the risk as well as the downside of some of that, right? And so I think minting on contract on public sale should be required to have KYC, which would mean if you are you know, anonymous and on a, under a pseudonym, then you need to actually you know, be on the whitelist or you're going to have to, you know, buy on secondary market, right? And I, and I, and I would love, you know, if you are operating um, anonymously or through a pseudonym, uh, you know, send me a tweet back. I will happily, you know, do an episode um, based on what the conversation we have. But, you know, I'm one that has never operated on that. I'm a big believer in being yourself online and offline. Um, I believe there are some um, reasons for people uh, to uh, to shade their identity or hide their identity or to disguise their identity. But I also think there's ways for you to have a pseudonym like Bored Elon. Bored Elon is a massively um, successful and popular Twitter account, I think over a million followers. But he's been tweeting for like seven years and has you know, people that are validating and backing up you know, the work he's done and accomplished. And so that's something that you can kind of build in there. And so I think that's a problem. I think, and I... And, I think the solution is let's 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 do what we can to eliminate the bot problem to give people a chance and if that means that those that are wanting to operate outside of normal um, standards, well, they're going to have to kind of deal with that more so than the, the everyday person. The other one is this whale problem, right? And I I kind of laugh at this because like I am one I under here's the thing we have to understand the nuances of NFT um, virality, right? If a project like launches and everyone only has one of those NFTs and it's a great community and everybody's excited they got their dream NFT, how many people are selling that NFT? How many people are trading it? Not very many. 
Therefore, there's not very much momentum, right? There's not very much, you know, onboarding of new people and new blood and new energy. And so you become into the stale problem of now, how do you generate things, right? And we've seen like one of my favorite projects. I think it's a project, like if you're listening to this right now and you were looking to get in with a project that I believe in the founders and I am all in on it so much so that I have their sweatshirts and their gear, you know, crypto dads, which also has crypto moms, you know, they just launched a um, energy drink partnership. Uh, They, you know, said on their town hall this week that they're working very hard on an animated series for Netflix. They're doing a lot of really creative things. They have, you know, poker. um, They have a poker meetup within their group. Um, Lots of dads supporting dads as well as moms in in this group. And uh, their floor price uh, shot up for a long while and it's come down. Uh, It's pretty, pretty, I I would say for the last three weeks or so been uh, pretty level set, but it's that project has one of the most unique holders of all of the projects. I believe they have like 70 of the 10,000. I could probably pull it up here of the 10,000 NFTs uh, that are rolled out under crypto dads. um, I believe it's like 7,400 or 7,800 of them um, uh, have into, or so there's 7,800 owners of the NFTs, which means there's not very many people that own more than two or three, right. Or, or multiples of them. And because of that, there's not very much traffic. And I'm guilty of that, right? Like I minted my, crypto dad and i literally said i was like oh my goodness this is the crypto dad for me like he's got tattoos he's got a beard he's bald where i'm you know i'm voluntarily bald uh and i haven't touched i haven't traded on that at all when i got my crypto mom airdrop i added that to my uh to my vault as well and so i haven't i i have contributed to the non-traffic aspect of it now i will say part of what i like to look at it is how do i educate and bring people in but here's so here's the problem if, if you allow whales, and this was something I will, I'm going to give you guys a little bit of a, a teaser here. I spent, I mean, I spent six hours yesterday, which is probably now 11 hours this week, monitoring transactions on the blockchain for projects that don't mint out right away, right? So projects that launch, but they kind of take like 24, 48 you know, maybe three days to um, sell their entire collection. What I've been trying to to study is uh, I've been really recording those that buy a lot of the of the NFT right at the launch. What is their strategy? How are they, um, you know, uh, flipping them? Right? What is their the mentality? And I will tell you, I'm gonna have a whole episode, probably two episodes on this entire thing. But one of them is that I've noticed, and it's very trendy, is that a lot of them don't care about a specific feature or even a rare feature, they're looking for the one-of-one collections or the really super rare inside of uh, 100 uh, NFTs. Now, because of that, they're oftentimes willing to dump at like barely over what they paid for the NFTs that they don't think have qualified. So one of the things that I've noticed, and you know, for those, you know, I'm I'm big on minting and buying an NFT. I like the random draw of it. I like getting the art that's presented to me. Um, you know, it's part of, part of the idea of you know, if you get lucky, you get one that's really rare. You can really you know, kind of do some uh, cool things and make some serious money. But I will tell you, you know, we're buying an NFT, a mint NFT, every single day with this uh, project. I've made, I've decided myself individually with my wallet right now. I'm going to spend the next couple of weeks only buying on secondary markets. So even for a minted project, because I like launch, I like being into projects right when they launch. I'm going to wait to those flip those those you know projects back in. So right, maybe they've only sold three thousand of their ten thousand collection. Rather than me going buying three thousand and one on their website, 
I'm going to go to OpenSea and I'm going to watch the list traffic and I'm going to track what are the what are the couple features or properties that I believe are going to be rare right now. And that's the other thing that's hard here, right? Because the rarity sniper and rarity tools, they're not going to pull the full data of what the rare items are until the entire project, the collection is minted. And by that time, it's probably too late. So what you have to be good at is you have to start really having a sense. And so like, I like to study the website and like, okay, what are the teaser graphics, right? Go into the discord. What are the sneak peeks? Okay. If they're, if they're marketing these, uh, this art, these, maybe these pieces of the, of, you know, the, the different properties of this art might be the more rare properties. So now I'm going to go into OpenSea. I'm going to wait to that, you know, a couple hours in, I'm going to open up, I'm going to hit activity, and then I'm going to hit list, and I'm going to see everyone, and I'm going to hit transfer. List and transfer, I'm going to leave both of them um, toggled on, and then I'm going to look and see, and it updates automatically, and you're going to see people that are minting, you're going to see people that are um, you know, transferring NFTs, and then you're going to see also the people that are relisting. And what I like to do is those that I see minting a lot, I open another tab with their wallet. And if I see them buying 12 or 13 you know, NFTs of this one project, I'll go through their wallet, find the one that I like, I'll hit favorite. And so then when I see it come on the list, if it's one that I'm, I favorited, I immediately, well, if the price makes sense, right? Because a lot of times they're flipping it just for barely over what they bought it for. I'll actually just buy the one that I have favorited immediately, right? So now I'm getting, you know, kind of thinking about this beyond the strategy side. So with that being said, there, the other part of this that you have to think about is some of the projects don't do the reveal. And part of the reason they don't do the reveal right away is for part of the reason what I just said, right? The ability for people to kind of sit on the secondary market. So some projects wait um, you know, multiple days, right? Um, Psychedelics Anonymous, which was one of the biggest projects in the last quarter, um, which I happen to be lucky enough to get on uh, the whitelist. Shout out to, you know, Voltron and the team there. Um, they actually reached out to me in October about that project. So uh, I was excited to like kind of follow it on his journey. And, uh, you know, I was able to whitelist it there. But, you know, like for that project, that was one that it sold out like, in 30 seconds, all 3000 of them. The thing about it is they're not actually doing the mint until tomorrow. So they, they, they sold out three days ago uh, and they're doing the mint tomorrow. So now that becomes a problem, right? Because now you have this weird limbo in between the day something launches and the day the art is revealed for everybody. I think there's some room for innovation here. And there's also room to incentivize people to either not sell or to sell so much so that they, they actually gain something, right? Like, one of the things that we were brainstorming with, you know, the team that I'm one of the teams that I'm consulting with and, and helping with their launch, they're doing a launch in March was, you know, what if we did not a raffle for the launch? Why did, why don't, what if we did a raffle? What if we did between the launch and the art reveal? What if we said for everybody that is transacting, buying and selling um, one of the NFTs during that period, for everyone that buys and sells one, you're getting yourself one token, and right, and then based on a, however many tokens you get, has cer certain things that are going to give you maybe a reserve um, aspect of the NFTs, right? Because here's the thing I don't like: I don't like only giving whitelist passes to those who are in the Discord. Right now, you're you're really like, I mean, honestly, you are you're going after like the one percent people that are spending their entire time in your Discord, right? Like, I mean, a couple of these projects, they were even like, whoever used the most words in Discord, in their Discord, over a month period was going to get on the whitelist. And I was like, so you're just, 
begging people to spam and be very long-winded like what is the value there right and it's just like you know giving away a car just so your discord invites go up right like let's face it i this is how i'm gonna look at it this is how i want you guys to think about this whole episode as we kind of bring it uh together and i have a, a, a new segment for you guys right here at the end of this podcast episode but when the the problem that we have right now is that whitelists and raffles and this like whole like public sale pre-sale vip sale um you know uh, you know, half best friend sales that are going on right now. That's not, it's, it's not very innovative, right? We have to figure out a way that allows us to design the mechanics around a launch a little bit nicer. The other part of this that we have to think about is that, you know, just because Twitter followers and they have a lot of discord members or a lot of Instagram members, or I heard this the other day, we're going to check how many pin, how many, this is on TikTok. One of the NFT experts on TikTok said, you know how you know that this, this NFT project's a fraud. If you go and look at their pin tweet, and their pin tweet doesn't have 10% of, the, of retweets of their total number of followers. It's a fraud. They're all bots. And I was like, I mean, the fact that these people are gaining massing followings is a problem. But I digress. So here's the thing. The, we have the mechanics that are a problem. But we also were benchmarking projects before launch on vanity metrics, like Twitter followers, Discord members, um, you know, how many followers do their founders have? And I think we have to figure out and go deeper. Now, you guys know there's an episode I did a, uh, a couple of weeks ago where I break down my trust score that I build with projects. I will tell you, it's been harder to do the trust score recently because so many projects kind of like level out in that same like six to eight grade area out of 10 that I, I have to kind of tweak that. But what I, where I'm going with this whole thing is if the mechanics need fixed and we can't really benchmark via the, the um, vanity metrics, Here's where I think, and this is going to probably surprise some people, this is where I think influencers, thought leaders, and analysts play a role. And here's the thing, and you guys heard this in our recent episode as well. We have to stop listening to those that are touting every project and then not even buying it or not even admitting that there was a problem with it, right? We need to unfollow them. We need to not allow them to continue to be looked at as influential, you know, going to all their Twitter spaces because there's dramatic. We need to stop rewarding those. We need to start rewarding people that talk about projects that they're not invested in. We need to start rewarding people that are giving people more than, hey, I just bought my eighth pudgy penguin. Well, what about the pudgy penguin project is worth investing in, worth being a part of. And I will tell you, you know, we have six founders NFTs left right now uh, for sale. And um, here's the kind of the, the breaking news that I, I, meant, I teased out earlier. We've extended the price lock for our NFTs um, until January 1st. So at on 1-1-2022, because you guys know I love numbers, um, we are going to change the pricing, not change it, but rather than it being locked in on the dollar amount, it's going to be locked in on the actual ADHD coin amount. So it's going to be a certain amount of coin. Um, it's the average that we've sold it on is going to go public. So I'm going to tell you from this day forward, from January 1st forward, it's going to be much more expensive to buy one of our super fans NFTs, which is about, there's about 200 of those left. And then we have six of the founders uh, NFTs that we have left. And it's going to be much more expensive, at least 20% more expensive starting on January 1st. And then as our coin grows, I told you we've three exited since we launched this podcast, um, that price is going to continue to go up because I know some people are just going to, they're like thinking about waiting around to see how this project goes decide if they want to buy in because you know you guys get a piece of the revenue of this project when we sell the entire project on November 11th uh, 2022 and I want to reward the super fans I want to reward the 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 people that are investing and believing at the beginning 
And the reason I bring that all up is because I actually think that's part of the answer with these thought leaders and influencers. Let's, let's focus on the core people that we can influence by being not only authentic with our, you know, what we're talking about, how we're, um, what projects we're looking at, but also assessing our wins and our losses and being willing to put things out there. The flip of that is for everyone that's an audience, we have to be able to support the creators and the NFT influencers and the NFT thought leaders that are willing to admit when they get something wrong rather than putting them on blast and calling them out and trying to embarrass them because all that does is allow the frauds to continue to get more attention and it makes people like that really care they're like, why should I care? Why should I admit when, hey, I, I thought this project was great. I was, you know, the rug was pulled on me as well. Or guys, I, I thought for sure it was going to mint out. I can't believe it didn't mint out, right? Like being able to admit that. And also that means admitting when you're getting gifts and all those type of things. So that's kind of like my answer where I think we need to go on this. I do think we have a mechanics problem in the smart contracts. I think we have a vanity metrics problem as a whole. And I also think we have a lot of work to do as far as innovation of launches. Um, and I haven't seen really any project do it perfectly, but perfection is a fairy tale in my mind. So that's kind of where I'm going in those pieces. The last thing is I wanted to kind of, you know, one of the things that I've been, you know, I've been asking you guys for feedback and you guys have been amazing. And I, you know, shout out, I think we had 11 new reviews uh, since Friday, since two episodes ago of people that have jumped out on iTunes or on Spotify and reviewed the podcast. I just want to say thank you guys for doing that. I, I see all of you. But one of the other things that we've seen, I've had some people come out to me and say, Brian, like I need more updates on these projects that you're doing and these, you know, this entire you know series. So this segment right here, I'm just going to mention what a couple of the projects are that we just recently minted for our Mint 365 project. And for those that aren't familiar, we are buying an NFT every single day for a year. We started on November 11th, 2021. It was inspired by Beeple and, and Beeple's um, you know, mosaic that he created from his 1,000 digital pieces of art. We're going to do the same thing with 365 pieces of, uh, of NFTs, and we're buying them every day. And we've done it across nine blockchains so far, um, a wide variety from fashion to um, you know, just straight art, massive utility to Dow enablement to, you know, expansion punks to all of these different projects. And so the thing that, you know, a lot of you have mentioned is about like, okay, give us a little update or a, or a preview. And I will tell you, if you guys listened back, you know, the first week of this podcast, you know, I mentioned one of the projects that we did really well on, um, that kind of launched really uh, amazingly was a project called Astroheads. And I actually believe it's a really strong community, has some great art. There's some nuances of the project itself that I think are going to um, help it be successful. But I will tell you the floor price on that um, has definitely come down um, since, you know, kind of its peak. It kind of, it, it kind of uh, you know, hit a really uh, high spot. I believe it was like 0.15 and it's now down to uh, 0.04. Now, I will tell you, I think that project is a project you can get in very low on. And if you're willing to hold it, you can do some, you can probably make some money up, um, you know, in that long run. Now, I will say, you know, we, we had a couple of projects where, you know, the, we went a little bit mainstream, right? So we did a matrix, we did ghostbusters, uh, we did Mary mods, uh, with Tom Bayou's and him uh, and his wife. Um, we did a couple like the, the more mainstream, uh, projects. 
I will say they're holding their floor right now. Uh, and even the, the Matrix ones that we have, we got an offer. You know, the Matrix was $50 to buy one of the Matrix ones. Uh, I personally bought four, five, one for the project, four for myself. Um, and the one that we have of, under this contract, um, we got an offer, I believe, for it was like $180. Um, so I messaged. So, you know, hey, that's three, three and a half X um, on our buy-in, which is a pretty good thing uh, to think about. But, you know, then there's some other projects that I can tell you, like um, there's one coming up called um, Stacks, S-T-A-X-X. Uh, NFT stacks NFT and what's really cool about it is it's um, really you know neat art that they're going to reveal very soon but it's also a a project that allows you to add on additional NFTs onto the project so by holding this NFT you get free NFTs around on other projects that's going to be one that's going to be very interesting to watch and the reason I mentioned that is that's what this segment's going to be is I'm going to share hopefully at the end of probably every other episode an innovative use case for an NFT. And so that, that's where I want you guys to stick around to the end of every episode. And starting next week, we are going to be giving you guys a secret word. And then you're going to be able to put that secret word in and you're going to get uh, either tokens, you're going to get ADHD coin, or you're going to get an NFT that will be rewarding you for actually listening to this show and knowing what the secret word is. We're going to do it for like the first 100 people um, that do so. Um, and we drop the show on different times throughout the day. So, um, you know, turn on the bell, make sure you have notifications on uh, for the podcast NFT 365. So for this one, an innovative use case for your NFTs can actually sell and like use your founders, your Genesis, your early adopters, and either give them a free NFT or a very low discounted NFT and really work with them to say, hey, we want to onboard with you. We want to learn with you to help build this amazing community. And in return, we're going to give you the next two years of NFTs that we roll out. We're going to give you, you know, free. We're going to give you free. We're going to give you discounted versions of them. So you can actually use an NFT with a smaller batch, right? Like I love small batch uh, NFT drops. I love seven, you know, let's say 777 drops or uh, 3000, you know, 333, which is what, you know, uh, my friends over at Chibi Nation have done. And so the innovative use case here is what are ways rather than trying to boil the ocean or build a giant community all at once? What if you found a hundred people that you could just spend 60 days with as a, as a project, as a team, and then once you, you learn so much from this 100 people that bought in on your Genesis project, you can now use them as your marketing and your sales. But also that Genesis NFT starts to increase in price because, you know, what if I sell it after a year? That person I buys it from me is entitled to the rest of those free um, NFT drops for the upcoming year, right? So utility, that's the nice thing about NFTs that we have to remember is utility carries uh, it carries on with the contract. It does not stay with the original buyer because it's ba it's baked in there. There's nothing you can actually do to undo that. And so that's some of these nice things to do it. And if you think about it, you can use an NFT to buy for future offline events. You could even do it for podcasts. What if I would have done that for the podcast is I would have given out to the first 100 subscribers an NFT and then I would have told all of them for all of my drops for the first year of this project, I'm going to give you free. All you have to do is pay for gas and you're going to be able to part all of these NFTs as long as you help me like active in the community and, and you help me kind of grow this uh, team. I bet you a lot of you would have jumped in on it. So that's the innovative use case for this episode. And uh, lastly, what I want to tell you guys is the other part is we are very close to hitting a special number of ADHD coin supporters. And here's what I'm going to tell everyone that's listening. I'm only going to tell this in the podcast. When we hit 
1,093 supporters of the ADHD coin, I'm going to airdrop an NFT to every single holder. If you were one of the first 1,093 holders, you can buy one coin, you can buy half a coin, you can buy one fourth of a coin if you wanted to. If you are one of those first 193 supporters of our ADHD coin, we hit 1,093, I'm going to airdrop you an NFT. So we are at 1,045 right now. So if you're listening to this, jump on this opportunity, jump into that first 1,093, and here's what I'm going to do with this. That NFT is not only going to give you access to uh, the future whitelists of a couple of projects that um, I'm in, in the works with, but it's also going to give you access to a private virtual event. And so if you are holding one of those first 1,093, and they're going to be free, there's going to be no gas charges, nothing. Rally.io, check it out. The Rally Marketplace does not uh, force me uh, to charge gas. There's no transaction fees on our Rally Marketplace. So I'm going to be able to mint all these NFTs. I'm going to give you them, but I'm not going to just give you them to have a nice to have in your wallet. I'm going to add some utility there, and we're going to sprinkle in some opportunities, including one of the brands that is going to come on to sponsor the podcast. They're like, Brian, we want to do a giveaway to like your most loyalist listeners. I was like, you know what? I think maybe the, the first 1,093 that are holding that NFT, I'm just going to post it out there and, the, and I'm going to post the link out there. And the requirement's going to be, if you hold the NFT, you can get this free giveaway, this free um, you know, uh, you know, thing that the brand is bringing into the table. So make sure you guys check that out. And here's the other, here's the other deal that I'm going to have. It's not just 1,093. There's other numbers between 1,000 and 2,000 that I'm going to reward some NFTs as well. So if you're listening to this podcast later on and you're like, oh, I can't believe I missed it when it launched, uh, make sure you get one of those ADHD coins. Just go to ADHDcoin.com, sign up a free account. You don't need a hardware wallet. You don't need a software wallet. You set up your portfolio there on Rally. Uh, you know, I do recommend you do going through the Know Your Customer uh, procedure, which will kind of help you guys um, when you want to take money to your bank account because that's what this is all about. I don't want you to just get stuck with your money in something. Um, but it also allows for some more creativity there. But you're going to create your Rally account. Then if you want to go over the Discord, you're going to put your Discord link inside of your Rally account. Jump over into our Discord, go into bot commands and type in coin join. And then it's going to automatically give you roles and give you access to private um, channels within our Discord. Um, all, all just my way of saying thank you for supporting the show. Thank you for buying some ADHD coin. It's really my, my only ask. And remember... You hold the coins. You're not sending them to me. I want you to hold the coins in your wallet. I want you to get weekly rewards every week. I want the coin to continue to grow in value so we all win. Because it's all about we are greater than me, and I believe it. I'm living it. We're giving away 52% of our uh, NFT project that we sell uh, on November 11th. So if you're listening to this before January 1st, Make sure you go get yourself an NFT, one of the either the Mint 365 or one of the last founders ones, because after January 1st, price is going to go up and I guarantee they're going to sell out. I don't know when they're going to sell out. I just know that I am so I have so much faith in this project and what we're doing that I know that people are going to be craving to get in here. So make sure you guys do that. Make sure you check it out. Uh, my name is Brian Fanzo, better known as iSocial Fans. Until tomorrow, my friends, make it a good one. Cheers. This show is not financial advice, so do your own damn research.